and Revival Hour on Spirit 88.3 with Brother Jerry. Now and every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. Awake, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ shall give you life. Mission for Christ proudly presents to you Old Fashioned Revival Hour on Spirit 88.3 with Brother Jerry. Now and every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. Awake, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ shall give you life.
is a wonderful evening today that the Lord our God has made. Um, I greet you in the name of the Lord, our God, who has made it indeed um, by his gracious work. Um, a great privilege for us to be here tonight. If today happens to be your very first time, this is the program Dabbed Old Fashioned Revival Hour, and my name is Brother Jerry. I welcome you once again to this wondrous program. Um, I would first and foremost thank the Lord our God for giving us strength, for reviving the spirit man, for giving us all that we need to survive in this life especially in this very time that um, battles are raging against the Christians, against the sons and the daughters of the kingdom, knowing that the end is already due. Secondly, I want to acknowledge my sponsors, Professor and Mrs. Jackson, um, for the benevolent work that they are doing and making sure that the word of the Lord comes through this medium to the many who are out there and are in need of the spiritual food which is the word of God. The Lord bless them for their availability for his cause. Not forgetting uh, my own friend and sister Dorothy, who is also very instrumental in the ministry. And uh, I see the Lord bless her. I know she is listening. Dorothy, God bless you for your consistency and your love for the work of the Lord. And for whatever that you are sowing for the Lord, I know that surely you would reap. God bless you so much. And to Professor Mrs. Jackson, to you also who is listening, to those of you who have been praying, who have been sending words of encouragement, whatever it is that you are doing, know that it is to the Lord, and in due time you shall reap. The Lord bless you and your house. Um, I know that you are prepared already, your heart and your mind, and I just want you to keep that spirit for the word of the Lord which is coming to you. And so while you are set and ready to hear the word of the Lord, I would be right back right after this advert with a message of the Lord. And so stay tuned, I will be right back. Jackson College of Education and National Accreditation Board at Jiatum Prakupeno. Eneyane University of Education, Uniba, Akayen Tumapa Aboma. Yade three years diploma in basic education, Ebrawo. Na eni just samne se, we aye distance learning. Kairuni se general programs ni na yaye BLO. Na yakwa kofa early childhood education, Aba. Yade amount for the donor air front, Timo Amomo, and who send you citra and Mofra Adia. Ayade French education, so so Aba. Well, person who see French Casa and Suna Queen. The Uhiani Wasi, SSC, TVET, Credit Passes, Ewo, three core subjects, Ah, English language, any mathematics, Ekaho, any two elective subjects. Here, when you have 25 years, Adeko, no person or two on Mumas Fiasono, the Hianzo Baba forms, Robert and Transfers Amnation Nibi. So, who performs Nibiata for any extra Yamia who do this? ADB, Ghana Commercial Bank, Eco Bank, HFC Bank, Snapia Bus Service and Loans, and offers on the Jackson College of Education, Learning Centers, Ahudua, Ewo Mami Hengina, and now. For any time, head office, our fourth Jackson Street, IADS New Site, Kumase, and Bank University. Open to the Mahu Dobia Freyang, our 0540 104949, and as a 0266 899495. Akwenya Neni, Sabaka Fall Forms, now back at Jackson Educational Complex, when that data map. So, this is the time to get the forms 
and be a part of Jackson College of Education. Um, the forms are still on sale, um, and the deadline is the very month of this, um, the very ending of this month. And so I would encourage and I would um, say that if you know someone, a friend, a brother, you can recommend Jackson to him. Um, is a training college, a private training college, especially in the field of education, three-year diploma in basic education. And so I would want you to tell a friend, a brother, um, to get the forms. It is still out there. There are many opportunities that time will fail me to say. And I know that many people have their own stories, testimonies, and how they have been so much transformed by the school. I would encourage that you tell that someone, probably the person did not get a school in the public training college and he is um, discouraged and very downtrodden at the moment. Tell that one that there is still hope at Jackson College of Education. And I know that God will bless you as you do so. Um, we begin the program tonight with a word of prayer. Let us bow down our heads in prayer. The Heavenly Father, we bless your holy name who has begotten us into unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Christ Jesus, even through your abundant mercy. And having translated us into a kingdom that is incorruptible, that is um, cannot fade away and that is undefiled. I thank thee, Holy Father, for this wondrous privilege that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Master. And I pray that tonight that you will put your words in my mouth, that I would speak as you would want me to say, and that the faith of the people will not rest in me, but in the name of Jesus Christ. May you glorify your word tonight as your people are guarded and ready to hear what you have for them. And I pray that in the end, that your victory will be seen in the lives of those who are listening. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Last week, if you were with me, if you are fortunate to hear the message of the Lord, um, I believe that you were blessed for the things that were revealed through this um, platform. And last week, we dealt with the last of the barriers to the redemptive blessing, um, uh, and which was Satan's territory. You know, according to James chapter 4, verse 4, it says that whoever wants to be a friend of the word makes himself an enemy of God. So last week, by the grace of God, we got to know that Satan, whose name was Lucifer, as one of the archangels of God, sought to rebel against God and to claim worship among the angels of God in heaven. And for this reason, he was cast down from heaven and then lost his paradisical position in heaven. We understood also that when he could not achieve, achieve in heaven um, what he sought to achieve, which is to turn the hearts of the angels to rebel against God and to claim worship, to be like God. He seeks to achieve this very um, ulterior motive on earth today. These are the two main agenda of the, the adversary on earth today. And uh, we got to know that by Adam's disobedience, Satan became the prince of this world. And he controls the masses who are unsaved. 
the unregenerate generation, the inhabitants upon the earth who are outside of Christ, who are not born again. And uh, we understood that the only place that Satan cannot penetrate is the invisible church of Jesus Christ, of the masses who are redeemed, who are justified, who are sanctified, who are made alive by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the work, the mighty working of the Holy Ghost. We ended by speaking of the three maxims or rule of conduct of Satan by which he seeks to claim worship among the inhabitants of, the, of this world, even if possible, if possible, even the elect or the Christians. And these three maxims are the decree to the vanity, and the third one is the religion of works. Um, we started with the first maxim, which is decrees. And so today we shall look at vanities. You know, the, the word vanity in Hebrew is vapor. Um, a common synonym is smoke. And now smoke has no concrete substance because it cannot be held, but easily fades away. You know, if you are burning an object, you see smoke. At the very moment the object is um, totally consumed and um, it of course it turns into ashes, you would see or you would notice that the smoke dies with that object that has been burnt. And so when the Hebrew used the word vapor, it is to suggest or to intimate that um, the vanity is that which is not lasting. You see, it is that which is emptiness, something that fades away. It is unsatisfactory. And, and that is the essence of the word vanity in its um, Hebrew, in, in the Hebrew word. That is the original language. It, it means that it, it does not offer a permanent satisfaction. Now, when we look at Second Timothy chapter two verse four, we notice um, that Paul submitted to Timothy the heavenly wisdom for survival as a Christian, and Paul said to Timothy, who was his spiritual son, "I know one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life." Now, you would notice the phrase, the affairs of this life. And that phrase is to mean that um, no one, no Christian, no good soldier must entangle, be involved in the things of the world, in the affairs of this life. Um, in other words, should be involved in the vanities of this present age. And so... It is very important for you to understand if you are a child of God that there is an area, there is a domain, a territory that you cannot be involved with. And uh, that is the second thing that we are doing today, the vanities of this life. Now, under vanities, we have um, the three main components under vanities, which is the last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life. Mainly this is what the apostle meant when he sent that letter to Timothy, which is also re-echoed in 1 John chapter 2, 15, where we are being warned of the, 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 the word which is passing away and, and the, the things in it, the last of the word, which is the last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, and the pride of life. So these Three are the main components, the three components under vanities. I will begin, first of all, to speak of the last of the eyes. And I pray that God open the eyes of your understanding to the fundamentals of the Christian faith, which is very important to you, know, to, to you as a Christian. You know, every soldier is drilled and trained to apprehend, understand who his enemies are, and two, 
what their strategies are. It's very important as a Christian and as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It is very important for you to understand that you are being drilled, you are being trained by the Holy Spirit to understand who your enemy is and what are the strategies of your enemies. Yes, we are fighting with principalities and powers, demons, of course, who possesses um, bodies in the outside world to hinder us through persecution and slander. We have external enemies, and um, these are people, the unregenerate, who are being um, influenced by the devil, by demons, to hinder the Christians by persecution and by slander. But there is a one main enemy that many Christians are not so much aware of, and this is the enemy that is within us. And this enemy is called the old man. And if you would really understand what is meant by the last of the eyes, you have need to know that enemy within you as a Christian. Now I speak of the Christian. The Christian has an enemy, an inward enemy, which is the old man. And when we go to Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 22, it says that, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful last, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in righteousness and through holiness. Now the distinction is um, set here the old man as against the new man. Now when the apostle uses the word old man, it is to um, mean that there is an old nature. The old man is the same as that old nature, the Adamic nature, is that the flesh which we have received um, from birth and which is so corrupt because it is of the first, the fallen nature. Let me put it that way. It is the fallen nature of all humanity. And when um, a sinner, by his believing in the resurrection of Christ Jesus, which is, of course, the gracious work of God, receives the new birth, the new nature, that nature which is the very nature of God, created in righteousness, and in true holiness. He suddenly becomes aware of that inward enemy which tries to dominate the new life because that new nature which we receive through the new birth, it is an, of course, it, it was against that old nature. The new nature is like God, the very nature of Christ. That is why the Bible says that he that is born of God does not sin. You see, that is the very nature which, of course, uh, is created according to the very likeness of God, holiness and righteousness. It is so pure. It is undefiled. It is spotless. That is the new nature that we receive through the new birth. Now, even though we have received that new nature, that old nature, the Adamic nature, the way we used to live formerly before our conversion, you see, would still try to dominate, would still try to gain dominance. And um, that is the conflict that Christians, uh, um, of course, we face in this life. And that conflict, of course, will end when Jesus Christ will come and then will take us. But as long as we are on earth, this is that internal conflict that we face uh, as Christians. Now, I want you to understand that, you know, there are many times that we say that my spirit is lifted because I heard a particular word of God or because I was praying or because I was listening to a spiritual song. 
You see, these things are the spiritual food for the new man, the new nature which we have received. And then the Holy Spirit uses this medium, of course, to revive us, to energize us, to bring us to um, his main purpose, that we mature and that we become perfect in Christ Jesus. Now, on the other side, that new, um, that old nature, the old man in us, even though, of course, we through the cross have defeated it because it was nailed on the cross by revelation. This is our fate. And I, I, I would preach this next week, so I don't want to go there. Even though we have, of course, subdued that old nature, whenever the enemy wants to tempt us as Christians, he brings to us the very things that the old nature lies. You know, I said when I was, before I, you know, started with the old man, I started by saying that the, the new man has certain things that revise it, that strengthens it, the medium that the Holy Spirit used, the word of God, prayer, fasting, and those things. The same way Satan also has certain things that he knows that when he appeals, you know, the things that appeals to the old nature. So when the devil wants to tempt you as a Christian, he brings to you the very things that the old nature, that old man likes. But do you see the is a channel or a door that the enemy uses. And that door that the enemy uses to appeal to that old nature in us is the eye. And that is why it is called the last of the eyes. The very things that the old man lies. He, he never appeals to the new man because he knows that that new man is like God. He seeks the will of God. It loves the Lord. That is where all the gracious work is. That is where the spirit of the Lord operates. So that he does, he won't, the devil of course will never preach to you the truth because he knows that it is the spiritual food for the new man. But the enemy will bring to you something that counters that new man in us. Something that war against that new man. The very things that the old man you see, that old life, that old nature lies. And uh, he comes and appeals through the eyes. So the eye is the main door that the enemy uses to appeal to that old nature inside of the Christian. I want you to understand that. Um, so it's very, very important for you to first understand the distinction between the old man and the new man and the, the nature of the two. One is very corrupt, which is the old man. The new man is created after God in righteousness and through holiness. And as I said, the eye is the door to that old man or that old nature. Now, if I want to use this and a practical scenario for you to understand something. If a Christian is say fasting and a brother unknowingly approaches him with food, see just the mere sight of the food in a second can influence the intellect, the desire, the emotions of that Christian. If in that instance the human will or the free will submit to that temptation, the body reacts, leading to what is termed as the sin of omission. You see, not doing what is expected of you as a Christian. Because then when you eat the food against what you feel that you were led by the Holy Spirit to do, to fast, to pray, and then by, of course, submitting your will to eat the food that is given to you, you see, it becomes a sin to you because you have fallen into temptation. That is just, by the way, an example that I use to let you understand how the enemy uses um, the eyes to, of course, war against the new nature which we have received. And I remember that there was a time that um, a young man took my number at a church conference and called me later in the evening. See, this young man 
is very vibrant in religious activities, but for years he has been a prisoner to an unclean spirit. He fell into the sin of uncleanness, um, specifically masturbation. Now this is a sin by an unclean spirit or a demon whose operation is to cause guilt, condemnation, and shame. It is to make the believer feel so impure that he will not be able to come before God. And so when he called me, I asked him how he got there. And he told me he has been watching that which is unclean, an X-rated movie or what we call today um, pornography. And um, that is the doll, you know, the eyes watching that unclean images, that film, that movie, that felt. So it's like um, an entrance was open for that demon to um, gain mastery over his life. And um, he has gotten, to, he got to that place as a matter of fact, as in the last time that we spoke later by the grace of God, he sent a message when the Lord led us in prayer and what was required for him to do, he sent a message how he has been delivered. And that was the last time that we spoke later. After that time, he kept on sending messages of how he is grateful to God for that transformation. You see, there is a place that we cannot go. And um, the enemy is using the eyes. He always will appeal to that old nature through the eyes because that is what the old nature loves to rebel against God, to do the very things that God hates, that God, of course, cannot accept, which is contrary to the will of God. And that is exactly what is happening today, the spiritual warfare that we are battling with. And Satan uses the eye against that new nature that we have received from God. And... Um, there are so many people in the church today who have fallen from the grace. Not because they don't love the Lord, but because of what they are watching with their eyes. See, a pastor once said to me that if there is any sin that is crippling most members in the church today, even among the leaders or leadership, it is the sin of the eyes. Most professing Christians are fortunate to find themselves in corporate institutions and in, in businesses where they are managers in that field. But instead of demonstrating the very nature of God, the new nature of God, many of them have become crippled by reason of the lust of the eyes. They see money and the most of them have allowed these things to, you know, influence them. So instead of working as God has, of course, commanded us in all faithfulness, in all honesty, transparency, being content, they are being influenced by the manies that they see. And they end up becoming covetous. You see, it, it always starts with the eyes. Then the sin is, of course, committed or done. Because when the eyes see, the mind accepts, and then the flesh will act. That has always been the plan of the enemy. And I want you to understand that that is the very scheme of the devil. It was his very scheme in the very beginning the Garden of Aden, and that is exactly what he is doing today. You know, your eye is the doll that the enemy uses. He brings to you the things that glitz, you know, it, is, it glitter. It is like gold to the eyes, but it is a deception. Just like I said in the beginning, vanity, it is vapor, it is unsatisfied. It cannot offer to you a permanent satisfaction all the women in the world all the men in the world all the riches in the world talk about education the certificates all these things 
Solomon, having that had that experience, ended up by saying that all these things are what vanities. He understood what he was saying because he knew where these things, you know, drove him to, even to the point of denying his God, the point of apostasy. And it is very important to you who think that you stand, take heed that you do not fall. You see, you cannot tempt Satan to say that, well, I can still be there and still triumph of, of, over the devil. It, it can never happen. See, that young man probably thought that he can watch those movies and still maintain that, you know, harmony with the Holy Spirit. But that is not the, whole, the place that the Spirit of the Lord can thrive. Because as his name is, so he is. Holy, he is pure. God cannot reside in a place that is filthy. And that is why when he got to that place, he became, you know, imprisoned, enslaved by those spirits, that, that unclean spirit, that demon of masturbation. You know, there is a place that you cannot go. And it is very important to always pray to God that these eyes of yours will be turned away from vanities and that they will be turned on things that are heavenly. It says that seeking first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And he speaks of how we look at the things that are invisible. You see, Paul said that for we do not look at the things that are seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. But we look at the things that are unseen. For the things that are unseen are eternal. The distinction between the vanity of this life and eternity in the presence of God. And that is the spirit of the true, genuine Christian. Now, when we go to Genesis chapter 3, you see, we, we see something there. We see how the enemy tempted Eve. He first appealed to her will. That is her human will. But it was through the door of the eye. When he wanted to get Eve to rebel against God, he appealed, first of all, to her eyes by tempting her with the fruit that was forbidden. And so when you go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says that, So when the woman saw, the underlying word, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, of course, of the flesh, the last of the flesh, always self-centered to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. The eye lasted, her will submitted, and the body of the flesh reacted. And I said that when Solomon learned his lessons, he wrote in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 20, 3 verse 31 is, is a profound word, one of the scriptures that, you know, it has really impacted my life. In Proverbs chapter 23 verse 31, he says that, Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swells around smoothly. At last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Now this is the word of wisdom. The wine is red, sparkling red. It is tempting, but he says, do not look at it, for at last it will bite you as a serpent. And it is speaking of the intoxication of the word. He speaks of the things of this word. And he says that just like the wine, it, it's so sparkling. It glitter, it's so attractive, and it's so tempting. But it says that do not look at it, for it has no promising end. It, it is unsatisfactory. He speaks of the extravagant life. He speaks of the women. He speaks of the men. He speaks of fashion. You know, the things of the world that, that are very addictive and can draw you away from God. That is what he's saying. He says that in the end, it will bite as what? A serpent. And you understand that the things of this world are idols. 
You know, whenever your heart is possessed in anything that takes the place of the true God, it becomes an idol in your life. And as I have seen and as I have understood, one of the most abominable sins in, before the eyes of God is idolatry. It is a sin. And we know that the wages of sin is always death. And so what he's saying is that in the end it will bite because sin eventually will lead to death. Eternal death. Eternal damnation. So he says that do not look at those things. Do not seek after those things. Because the end is always damnable. Even to the Christians. And so it's very important for you to take note of that. Um, let me say that aside the last of the eyes, which of course I have just explained to you, the first of um, the components under vanities is also the last of the flesh. You know, the, the last of the flesh speaks of the very things that um, revives that old nature in us, that Adamic nature. To the Christian, it is being crucified, but the devil never gives up. And so he uses these things to, you know, revive um, the old nature in us. That is, if we do not keep ourselves in Christ and remain where the Lord has pleased us in the victory which we have through Christ Jesus. If we end up, you know, engaging ourselves in, in areas where we are not supposed to be, we are not supposed to go, that is where the, the old nature is revived in us. And the second thing that I am speaking here is the last of the flesh. It is the corrupt nature. It is the rebellious nature, selfish and sensual. It is prone to sin. And it is the very body which we have received from birth. And um, it's that corrupt body which we have received from birth. You know, Psalm 51 verse 6, it says that, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. This was the words of David, speaking of that old man, that old nature, says that, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity that is naturally evil and in sin. And uh, when we go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, you know, it Paul itemizes the last of the flesh. And it says that, um, but before I go to verse 19, I want you to look at verse, verse 16. Consider verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5. And I will read it from the New King James Version. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. It says that I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts after against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now remember the old man and the new man. The flesh, which is a component of the old man, or the old man, the nature of that, 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 that as in the, the man, the man who is, of course, born of a woman, against the nature which we have received from God at the new birth. And it says that the flesh always lasts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And so when you go to the verse, um, let me continue on in verse 18 and then the verse 19. Verse 18, it says that, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Then he comes to verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Then he begins to itemize the works or the last of the flesh. It is grouped into five. First, he speaks of sexual sin, which is Adultery or extramarital sex with someone other than the one you are married to. Then you speak of fornication, 
Then he speaks of uncleanness. Uncleanness, um, the, the very things that are unclean, as in any sex inclined practice that is unclean in the sight of God. So you can make mention of homosexuality. You can make mention of sodomy. You can make mention of masturbation and all those kind of uncleanness, which is of the flesh. Then he speaks of lasciviousness or what, what is called uncontrollable lust. He speaks of addiction. You know, something that controls you and, and make you do that which is against God and against his word. The very things that enslaves you, it, it is very, it, it is addictive. You know, it, 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 it has possessed your soul. It has possessed your mind. It has possessed everything within you. And that is what, what is called lascivious, an uncontrollable lust. So under the sexual sin, which Paul itemizes, we have the adultery, we have the fornication, we have uncleanness, and we have lasciviousness, which I have just mentioned. And then the second is occultic practices. Occultic practices. And so Paul mentions idolatry or idol worshiping, which is of course an, an occultic practice. You see, making anything become a God in your life. And believing that those things have power over your life. That is an occultic practice. Whether you are bowing down to something, whether you are slaying the blood of animals and pouring on something, that is an occultic practice. And then he make mention of witchcraft or sorcery. That is any power of the devil which is used to control people, which is used to dominate people, which is used to destroy people. Under occultic practice, we have these. We have the idolatry. We have witchcraft or sorcery. Then he comes to wrong attitudes, which is the third under the works of the flesh or the last of the flesh. And he make mention under the wrong attitudes, he make mention of hatred, he makes mention of contention or what we call quarrel, quarreling with someone. And then he make mention of jealousies. He make mention of wrath and uncontrollable anger. He make mention of dissension or what we call division. He make mention of envy. He make mention of murder. Now you'll notice that all these, these um, works or the last are, is like they are all related. One thing leads to the other. The, you know, when we talk about hatred, you talk about contention, quarrels, we talk about jealousy, we talk about wrath, division, envy, murder. They are all under the same umbrella, the wrong attitudes. Then he goes on to speak of inappropriate habits. And under inappropriate habits, he speaks of drunkenness. Drunkenness here is not only in relation with strong alcoholic drink. Paul is not, you know, limiting it to strong drinks, which is, of course, also under the works of the flesh. But beyond that, Paul makes mention of something that is beyond just alcoholic drink. Now, the word drunkenness in Greek is the word mete. And that word mete means that, that which is an intoxication. Now, the word intoxication means that anything that influences, it makes you high. Anything that makes you high. And so you can um, speak of the strong drinks, which is under that intoxication. You can speak of drugs. Any drug that you take that makes you high, it is under the works of the flesh. You can speak of secular music. And I say that music, the music industry, the secular music is one of the main 
intoxication amongst those who are unsaved. And I have always told my beloved brethren in Christ that, you see, you, you can't tempt Christ. You know, you can't listen to a secular music and just say that, well, I, I like it. You know, it's just a music that, that I, I love, even though it is secular. It's something, no, you, you don't tempt, you know, Christ. Because the, the word of God is so true. The Lord knows why he has told us to remain in Christ. He has told us not to be entangled in the affairs of this life. You see, music is one of the instruments, ways that the enemy is really using to possess many lives, many souls in the word. And don't forget that, you know, when, when you read the scriptures, it reveals something about the devil before his fall. He was an archangel. The word arch means that he was a ruling angel. He occupied a very prominent place in heaven. And he speaks of his pipes. And the most theologians believe that the word which um, the, that revelation there, speaking of the, the, the Lucifer and the pipes, how he was created with the musical instruments in his mouth, to, to, it, it suggests to us that he was, of course, probably, it is assumed, that well, he must have been an angel who was also very gifted in the area of music. And so it is not so surprising how music is really still in the, the hearts of many people today. And the word intoxication here, drunkenness, means that, that anything that makes you high. I, I know people who say that they, they get high when they listen to a particular song, a um, secular song, what, what they call the, the R&B, the, the love songs. The word calls it love songs. You know, they, they call it blues. And, and, and yeah, it, it stirs them up. It, it controls their emotions. That, that is what the, the word of God is revealing here. Anything that makes you high. It says that it is under the works of the flesh. And it is very, very damnable to that new, as in your soul, to the Christian. And you can also speak of revels. Because under the works of the flesh, he speaks of revels of secular parties. You know, these parties, drink cups, out, whatever they, they call it, you are, they, they drink, they promise, cures life, you know, this inappropriate dressing. And the people are doing whatever they, they want to do because, you know, you can talk of the beer bar and, and all these things that, um, of course, is the territory of the devil. You, you, you cannot be found there as a Christian. And the last on the list, Paul spoke of the religious deception, which is heresy. I have already treated this last in the previous weeks, refusing to accept all the scriptural truth. And so he says in verse 21 that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now what this means to us is that all who bear the image and the likeness of the old man, the fallen nature, who walk according to the flesh cannot enter into God's kingdom because the kingdom of God is so pure, so holy, that nothing unclean can enter. And so remember, therefore, that after judgment, after death, is judgment. And it is for you to understand how you ought to live your life as a Christian. Remain in Christ and do not be involved. But the very things that God has commanded you, the Holy Spirit has convicted you not to do. Paul says that, for we look at the things that are seen, we do not look at the things that are seen, but rather the things that are unseen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. These things are passing away, but there is one thing that will never pass away. He says that it is the kingdom of God. And he says that they are those who do the will of God. Apostle John said it in 1 John chapter 2.15. Down was only those who are doers of the will of God who will abide forever. And so it tells you that even in this life, you would hear of things happening around us. 
You hear of earthquakes. You, you hear of things that are so strange. You know, you'd hear of how the world is being influenced by the devil. But it would not come near you. Those things, it cannot break you. You know, the pressures of this life, the crisis of this life, the catastrophes of this life, those things cannot come near you. The, 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 the stratagems of the devil. Why? Because you are built on Christ. And, and that is what John meant when he said that those who are doers of the will of God abide forever. Just as the kingdom of God is indestructible, even so the believer, the true, genuine Christian is indestructible, undefeatable. Why? Because he is a doer of the will of God. We have known the two maxims or the rules of the devil, which is the decree, the vanities, the last of the eyes, the last of the flesh, the last will be the pride of life. It is, I didn't really go talk much about that because the pride of life is to, um, of course, exalt yourself. It's, you know, the fall of man is, 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 of course, by reason of pride. Pride is always the beginning of the fall of man. To you, for you to think that you can be like God. To think that you are above the commandments of God. You are above the instruction of the Lord. You know, you are above the commandments of Jesus Christ. It, it, you know, whenever pride gets or takes hold of the, 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 the heart, you know that the end of that person is but shame and fall and distraction. And it is the pride of life to seek power, you know, the, the, the powers of this world, to, to seek after names, to seek after fame, to seek after, you know, that what the world is chasing, the Gentiles are also chasing. They want name, they want fame, they want to sit on the throne of the word, to occupy the place of God. They want to be God themselves. But a Christian cannot do so because it says that you as a Christian cannot be greater than your master. Be humbled. Because we are not greater than our master Jesus Christ who, though it, it was... Uh, it says that it, it, it was, of course, um, it, it was not, of course, uh, if I may use the word, an abominable thing, a blasphemous word, you know, a thing for Christ to, to say that he is God because he is God. In the Godhead, Christ is God. Nothing less than God. Nothing more than God. He is God. And he speaks that in Philippians chapter 2, how that he humbled himself and became obedient to the Father. In the Godhead. Because in the Godhead we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Spirit. How he humbled himself to the Father. And if we, Christians, if we are not greater than our Master, if we are not greater than our Teacher, our Lord, then we cannot be prideful. Because pride in itself is the very nature of the devil. It was the first sin. And it is the very sin today that is destroying many lives today. Remain in Christ. Be content with where the Lord has placed you. And walk in the spirit of love. Walk in the spirit of faith. And appropriate whatever blessing that God has promised you. For that is your victory in this word. Next week we will do deal with the remedy how that one can liberate himself from these um, things that we have retreated in the past week how you can set yourself free if you happen to have found yourself already in it how you can set your, yourself free and bef be before I will treat that the remedy I will first speak of religious works which is the third of the maxim of the devil, works of religion or religious works. I intentionally decided not to treat that today. I will treat that next week, and then we'll begin afterwards with a remedy on how one can be liberated from the influence of the devil. We thank God for tonight's message. 
and where he has brought us. The Lord bless you for making time today and for opening your hearts to this teaching, which is very important for the growth of the church, our believers, especially the new converts. The Lord bless you so much for making time today. So next week we will proceed from here. And um, so next week, same time, 7, 8, I will be here with the word of the Lord. To those of you who may want to get my number, to connect with me on the WhatsApp, you can call the number 0558 Same time next week, from the hour 7 to 8, the peace of the Lord be with you and with your, your heart, your house. Bye-bye. On the everlasting arms Leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all